Cody not being here, so you have to have an awkward transition, all right? And, uh, but I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad that you get to see the really cool graphic that I made that you couldn't see much. Y'all yeah, are supposed to laugh at that. I just need to start giving you cues. Oh, thank you so much. All right. But hey, we, uh, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that you're doing well online. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope, you're, I hope it goes, is going well for you in your pajamas, uh, sipping on some coffee or eating some honey bunches of oats. Brittany, if you're watching, I love you, baby. Brittany's at the hospital with um, baby Hayden still, so remember him in your prayers. But, um, but we've got to keep on stepping, okay? Um, we're, we're in week two of this series that we're calling um, Stepping. And you see, we have to understand is that in here, in this room, we've all been called to the priesthood of the kingdom of Christ. You're like, Derek, I don't know. I don't know if I'm called to do that or not. Well, I'm telling you, you are. You know how I know that? From our friend Peter. Thanks, Joe. Um, from our friend Peter. Our friend Peter, who was, you know the guy who always put his foot in, the, foot in his mouth? Like we read about him last week. You remember? We read about him last week. And then, but like he, in, in his book, and I want you to pay attention to what he wrote, in, wrote here in, uh, in 1 Peter. Because this is after the fact of what we're going to look at today. But in 1 Peter, this is how I know that we're all called to be priests and kings in the kingdom of God. It says this, in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are God's chosen treasure. Ooh, that should feel good, y'all. You are chosen, like you are valuable to him. I don't care how much you've screwed up in your life or what people say about you. you they, can, they can dog you from, from, toe, from your toe to your head. You know what? But he says, you are my treasure. Ooh, that makes me feel special. Maybe because I am. <laughs> but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings. I love the way that translation says it. Priests who are kings. And what do kings do? Hey, they, they, we're going to find out here in a second. What does priests and kings do? We're going to find out. A spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you. Who called you? He called you out. He called you to get to step in. He called you out of darkness to experience the marvelous light. And, and now he claims you as his very own. Ain't nobody else can claim you. Ain't not got, nobody else got any dibs on you, Brian. He's called you. He did this so that you would broadcast. Anybody know what broadcast means? Truly television does it, don't they? They broadcast a message. And what message are we, are, are we supposed to proclaim to the world, broadcast to the world? You, that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Verse 10, I love this. For at one time you are not God's people. But now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet. But I love this next part. But now you're drenched with it. Remember the, remember the um, ice bucket challenge? That went around YouTube or Facebook or InstaTweet, whatever it's going around today. I mean, they got drenched, right? You are drenched with the mercy and grace of God. And with that with being drenched in that, you are called to broadcast this message to the world. That although you once were not of God, but now you are. That even though you were lost, like that lost sheep who wandered away from the 99, from the other 99, you are now found. That's what you broadcast. When you didn't deserve it, Ephesians 2, when you were dead and couldn't earn it, Ephesians 2, he says, you know what, I'm going to make a way. The reason that we can get to stepping that we can get to stepping up to the mic and proclaim his name is because we realize the extent 
in which we are forgiven. I, listen, when you realize how bad your story really is, I don't know if you're listening online how bad your story is, but if you can realize how bad your story is and that you're still forgiven, oh man. The reason we do it is we, we knew how bad we are. Like We have stories that we don't even tell our wives, right? Stories that we would never dare tell our kids, let alone our grandkids, until we get dementia and then we start telling them everything. You know what I'm saying? We proclaim his name because we realize the extent in which we have been forgiven. I'm only on like the third line of this, what I've got written here, y'all. We've got to hurry. I've got to go eat dinner with your mamas. Because here's the deal, y'all. Here's the deal. To the extent you remember you are forgiven, you'll be fearless. To the extent you remember you are forgiven, you will be fearless because the enemy wants you to forget your story. He wants you to forget your story. It's why last week we said Jesus has called us to get to step and to take, to, to take our first steps out of the boat and then learn our limitations because sometimes we limit ourselves, don't we? We're like, we're like Peter. We're going to look at Peter a lot in this series. This way, I'm going to take this out of my mouth. Ew, sick, Gross. We're going to look at Peter a lot in this, but we look like Peter who, who had to learn what it was like to step over the edge of the boat in the middle of a storm. I'm sure, in the, uh, and the reason he was able to at first, the reason he was able to walk at, at least close to Jesus, because remember the story says immediately when he sank and he cried out, Jesus was there to pick him up. So he got pretty far. So you can give Peter all the shade you want about sinking and not having faith in Jesus, but he got out of the boat. What about y'all? I don't see y'all stepping out. Get to stepping. But he's called us to get to step and to, to, to unlearn our limitations, to live free. Do anybody want to live free today? To do what, is, what, is, what he has, to live free and to do what he has called and equipped us to do. Because here's the deal, here's the deal. The enemy wants you to be distracted this morning. He wants you to be distracted by your limitations. He wants you to be distracted by your past to the point where you feel like God made a mistake choosing you. Maybe you're online and you feel like God, God made a mistake choosing you and calling you to do what you feel the Spirit leading you to do. And I know many of us have walked in here like that, maybe. He wants you to feel like God made a mistake calling you to get to stepping out. But Christ wants you to know this this morning, and it's this, is that God didn't make a mistake when he called you. He didn't pull out the wrong file. He didn't place that mark on you. When it was supposed to be for somebody, be for somebody else. No, he made no mistake when he called you. The devil wants you to make, wants to make you feel small. He wants to make make he wants to make you feel small because of your mistakes. He wants you to feel weak. He wants he wants he wants you to feel like the runt of the litter. Like you're the weakest person. You're the weakest child of God. I, I can't believe what you just did. That makes you so weak, Brian. I can't believe that that's what, you, Leo, I can't believe you did that. So let's say, like, if I, if I was God, if I was your God, I would just be like, I'm done with you because you're so weak. That's what, that's what, he wants you to feel like you're the runt, the one that never gets fed. What about me? What about, what, what about me, God? I see you blessing all these other people, but not me. Anybody ever felt like that? Like your worst enemy seems like winning a million dollars and you're over here like scraping for pennies. And you're wondering, like, am I really the runt of the litter? That's what the devil wants you to believe. But it's time for us as believers to understand that if he has called you, you are worthy. 
It's time for us to look the devil straight in his eyes and say, I ain't no runt. You can write that down, Alex. That's the title for today. I ain't no runt. Some of us feel weak like a runt, don't we? We feel like we have nothing to offer, nothing to, to give back. We feel like because of the mistakes that we made in our lives, like why would God want me to step out, to get to step in? Why would he want me to proclaim his name? Have you, have you seen the stories of the people in the Bible? They were screwed up from the floor up, and he still says, you're worthy. In fact, we're gonna, we're, we again are going to look at a scene from our friend Peter's journey, his faith journey. See, Jesus has died, right? He has died, and, has already and he has risen from the dead. And he's already appeared to his disciples a couple times. You with me? Like that, those two times when he appeared to the, like it just showed up in the middle of the room when the door, door was locked. and was like, hey, I'm here. And they're like, oh, it's a ghost. And he's like, no, feed me, because ghosts don't eat. You with me? It would be like, anybody, what's, that, what's that ghost that's on um, Ghostbusters that he eats and just kind of falls through him? Ghosts can't eat anything. You know what I'm saying? That's why he says, give me some bread to eat. Because he had Ghostbusters in mind that, since a couple thousand years after him. You know what I'm saying? Man, I thought I'd get more laughs out of that. Come on. That was so good. And y'all just kind of... But he has died. He's appeared to his disciples a couple times after his resurrection. And, but this time that he appears to his disciples, it's a little bit different. It's specifically for Peter. Because I don't know if you know much about Peter's story, but he was the guy who always put his foot in his mouth, always said things and did things, and God was like, Jesus was like, listen, you got to stop. you got to grow up. You know what I'm saying? But they're, sit, they're sitting around the table, and Jesus tells his disciples, there's gonna be, and tells, really tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times before morning comes, before the rooster crows. And Peter's like, I won't do it. I won't. I will die for you, Jesus. And Jesus is like, all right, we'll see. And one of those I told you so moments, you know? Then Jesus is arrested in three different times. And one time he cussed out some teenage girl. Three times he says, I don't know who he is and I'm not a follower of him. I don't know who he is. I, 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 I'm not a follower of his. Quit bleepity bleep talking to me. I don't know who he is to the teenage girl. Three times he did exactly what Jesus said he would do and that he said he wouldn't do, that he would die for him. So now, can you imagine how Peter feels after all this? He probably feels weak, vulnerable, feel like he's not worthy of anything, right? You ever been there? But here's the thing about this story that we're going to look at, that even in, in his weakness, we're going to see that at the worst possible moment, Christ can give you the greatest opportunity to get to stepping. So we're going to look at John. John, just so to give you a heads up, um, when you hear about in the book of John, you hear about the one in which Jesus loved, John is talking about himself. That's a little conceited. Okay? So here, part of the story you're going to hear about the, the disciple who Jesus loved. That's John writing that, okay? That's a little jab, I think. You know what I'm saying? But John 21, verse 1. Later, Jesus appeared once again to a group of his disciples by the Lake Galilee. It happened 
It happened one day while Peter, while Peter Thomas, the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in, in Galilee, Jacob, John, and two other disciples were all together. Peter told them, I'm going fishing. Man, that's your own heart, right, Anthony? And then the rest of them, like me, will go, and they all replied, we'll, we'll go with you. See, we're in the Bible, Anthony. Well, I'll go with you. So they went out and fished through the night, but caught nothing again, just like me and Anthony. Happens all the time, don't it? When we need to get it. Andrew will go and fish dollars on a weekend tournament. I can't catch a thing. So they went out and fished through the night, but caught nothing. Then at dawn, Jesus was standing there on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize that it was him. Now listen, listen. Last week we had a story about a boat on the water in the storm. They didn't recognize it was Jesus and said it was a ghost. Like at some point, if you're on a boat and there's a random guy that shows up. It's probably Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say this, like, you guys are looking kind of dumb, which makes me feel kind of special because, hey, listen, I think I caught on to this. So I'm, I must be smarter than the 12, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Joking, I'm not. Verse 5. He called out to them saying, hey guys, did you catch any, any fish? Little jab. He's just catting with them, you know what I'm saying? They said, not a thing, which is also, again, what we yell from the boat, right, Anthony, from people like when we're loading the boat back up. Did y'all catch? Nope, not a thing. Even, I'm going to say this, even if you do catch something, you don't tell them that you caught anything or where you caught it because you might need that space next time, you know, when you have a $5,000 check on the line. Not a thing, they, Jesus replied. And Jesus shouted to them, throw your net over to the starboard side and you'll catch something. Can you imagine, these guys have grew up Learning the trade of fishing. You don't ever throw anything on the starboard side. And so they, they did as he said, because last time when, they, when he called them out the first time, they caught, well, maybe this guy is like Jesus, and we'll just, oh, well, let's make him happy. You know what I'm saying? And so they did as he said, and they caught so many fish, they couldn't even pull in the net. Verse 7, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Because maybe in that moment when they started catching those fish, he remembers, oh wait, connected it to God's faithfulness in the past. It's the Lord. And when Peter heard him say that, he, and I want you to pay attention to two things that Peter does here. Okay? When Peter heard him say that, he quickly wrapped his outer garment around him, and because he was athletic, and some things says because he was naked, I don't know which one's the correct thing. I'm just... I just didn't want to lead you on to temptation, so I left athletic, okay? He dove right into the lake to go to Jesus. The other disciples then brought the boat to shore, dragging their catch of fish. They weren't far from land, only about 100 meters. And when they got to shore, they noticed a charcoal fire with some roasted fish and bread. Like, where did Jesus get this fish and bread from? Then Jesus said, bring some of the fish you just caught. So Peter, so Peter, what did he do? So he jumped out of the boat to get to Jesus. I think he's trying to make up for something, isn't he? So Peter waited in the water and helped pull the net to shore. Again, he did something trying to... Have you ever like, disappointed somebody so you're doing everything you can to make them happy? It was full of many large fish, exactly 153. Man, that would have been a fishing trip, wouldn't it, Anthony? 
But even with so many fish, the net was not torn. Verse 12, Come, let's have some breakfast, Jesus said to them. And not one of the disciples needed to ask who it was, because every one of them knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus came close to them and served them bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And what I want you to notice in this next little part is what is, is to remember Peter just a short time ago denied Jesus three times. Three times Peter denied Jesus. Peter, Peter probably feels weak. He feels like a weak person. He feels worthless. He feels like, why, why would the master want anything else to do with me? That's why I'm waiting in the water to help carry in the fish. That's why I'm diving out of the boat. That's, I'm, trying, I'm trying to, like, Jesus, I'm so sorry that I did exactly what you said I would do, that I said I would never do, and I did it anyway. He's trying to make up, and I want you to, like, Jesus just doesn't even address those things, does he? I want you to watch. Watch what happens with just Jesus and Peter and John the disciple Jesus love is following close behind because he's a nosy butt <laughs> after they had breakfast Jesus said to Peter Simon son of Jonah son of John do you burn with love for me more love than, the, than these and Peter answered yes Lord you know you know that I have great affection for you then take care of my lambs, Jesus said. First time, do you love me? Yes. Then get to step and go feed my lambs. Because if you keep dwelling on what you did, you'll never step out. Because your thoughts can either limit you or link you to the power of God. Your thoughts can either limit you. He's, Jesus is going to ask them this because if he kept dwelling on this, Instead of his love for Jesus. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> like, God. If he kept dwelling on that, we'll never be connected to the power of God. Peter would have never been connected to the power of God, Brian, if, if he kept thinking, man, I'm going to have to make this up. I'm going to have to do right. I'm going to have to be. And here's Jesus saying, I still choose you. Go feed my lambs. Yeah, you screwed up, but get that out of your mind because if you stay there, you'll never be effective. Verse 16, Jesus repeated the question the second time, Simon, son of John, do you burn with love for me? And Peter answered, yes, my Lord, you know that I have great affection for you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Second time, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then go feed my sheep. Because you can't keep dwelling on your weaknesses. Because sheep are weak. You can't keep dwelling on your weaknesses or where you have failed because if you do, you won't know, you won't know your own strength if, if, you, if you're always stopping at your weaknesses. If you always stop on where you failed and you'll never get past your weakness. Your thoughts can limit you or link you. And if you keep stopping at where you failed, if you keep trying to fix your failure, you'll always be at your 
weakness. Verse 17. Then Jesus asked him again. Remember, this is the, how many times? Three times. How many times did he deny Jesus? Three times. Then Jesus asked him again, Peter, son of John, do you have great affection for me? And listen, Peter's reaction is a little bit different this time. Peter was saddened by being asked the third time and said, my Lord, you know everything. You know that I burn with love for you. And Jesus replied, then feed my lambs. Get to Stephen. Jesus asked, do you love me? Covering over the three denials, because if you keep dwelling on what you did, on your weaknesses, you limit what God can do through you. It's time for us to take the limitations off what God can do through you. Derek, I've screwed up too much in my life for God to use me, maybe by human standards. But you didn't deny Jesus three times while he was on trial, did you? You didn't turn your back on Jesus at, when he might have needed you the most. And here's Jesus strolling onto Peter's scene and saying, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord, I love you. Then I'm still calling you. I'm still calling you. Take the limitations off what God can do to you because you may feel weak, but, you, but you're not a runt. I'm sure Peter felt like the, the weakest person in that group after all of these years of following Jesus being the one that always was bold and said what needed to be said and now he feels like he's the weakest of the group in, Je in Jesus is saying you're not the runt Jesus is saying to Peter and really yourself I'm giving you the opportunity to go plant seeds in this world go feed my people See, many of us have walked in here, much like Peter probably sitting on the shore, holding our weaknesses over ourselves. Like, if you, you, try, you try to work a little bit harder. You show up to church early to make sure the trash is taken out. You, you, you vacuum the floor. Like you, or you go, I'm going to go make sure, I'm going to go give that homeless guy a dollar so he can get him a cup of coffee. Like, you do all this stuff to try to, try to make up for our weaknesses, don't we? Or we, 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 we do things that just kind of like, we, like, like God's not asking us to do just because we're, we're trying to get approval of our Father. And all He's asking you is, do you love me? All He wants you to do is answer Him. Yes, I still love you. Then get to step because if you love Him and He loves you, you have everything you need. Many of us walking here holding our weaknesses over ourselves because we have believed the lie straight from Satan that we are too weak to survive. But Jesus is looking at, at you and me right now and he's saying, I'm not holding any of that against you anymore. He looked at Peter and said, I'm not holding that against you. Hint, I told you you were going to do it. It's like it, it didn't surprise me. Like when you screwed up, it, Jesus told us, you're going to screw up. So that mess up that you have, that thing that you fear coming out to public, that thing that you feel is your weakness, guess what? He already knew about it. In fact, he said you're going to have that. But he's not holding it against you. That's why our other friend, Paul, 
the other somewhat arrogant guy, he would write this to the Corinthian church and to us. He would say, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. That's something to rejoice about. Like any screw-up that you have, he's not counting your sin, your denial, your failure against, against you anymore. You love me, go feed my people. You love me, get to stepping. And go plant some seeds. Go tell, go be a holy priesthood. Be a priest and a king that broadcasts. I once was not this, but now I am. That change you see in my life is not because of anything I've done, but all because of what he has done. Go feed my people. Get to step and plant some seeds along the way because every seed is a forest in disguise. Peter left that day. And planted some seeds because he no longer held he no longer held his weakness over himself and that's why it's such a big deal that in first Peter he writes I am a chosen priest I'm a chosen king I am chosen to broadcast the message of the gospel to the world not counting your sin, your denial, your Pharaoh against you anymore. But that's not where the story ends. <laughs> because there's somebody following behind them. And Peter gets a little distracted for, for a moment. But, Peter re- but John reels him back in. But Jesus reels him back in. Listen. Verse 18 it says, Peter, listen. This is Jesus talking. When you were younger, you made your own choices. And you... And, and you, and you, and you uh, made your own choices and you went where you pleased. But one day, when you are old, others will tie you up and escort you, escort you where you, you would not choose to go. And you will spread your arms. Jesus said this to Peter as a prophecy of what kind of death he would die for the glory of God. Peter was also crucified. And then he said, Peter, follow me. Even in my denial, even when I denied you three times, even in my weakness, uh, yeah, Peter, follow me. Get to stepping. Then Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. Little nosy booger. This was the, and John wanted to make sure that he put this in here. This was the disciple who sat close to Jesus at the Last Supper and had asked him, Lord, who is the one who will betray you? Like, he wanted to make sure, like, he was the faithful one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In verse 21. So when Peter saw him, he asked Jesus, What's going to happen to him? He's always been faithful to you, he sat right beside you. He didn't deny you. In fact, he was the one that followed you all the way. What's going to happen to him? And Jesus replied, this is, Jesus replied, Jesus replied, If I decide to let him live until I return, what concern is that of yours? You must still keep on the step. 
you must follow me. Jesus is telling Peter, it wasn't a mistake that I called you. You may feel it was, but I still choose you. What about him? Don't worry about him. Don't worry about how faithful he was to me. Don't worry about if he's the one that I love. I choose you. Keep on following me. When you step out, things don't go right. When you unlearn your limitations and things don't go right, and you feel like a failure, you feel weak, he's saying, I still choose you. Keep following me. Even in our mistakes and failures while stepping out, he still chooses us. Giving us the opportunity. Giving us the opportunity. But this passage also tells us that this opportunity, the opportunity of a lifetime, is only good for the lifetime of the opportunity. Think about that. The opportunity of a lifetime is only good for the lifetime of the of the opportunity, whether it be six weeks, six months, six years, or eternity. The opportunity to get to step and to step out and do what God has called you to do, that opportunity of a lifetime is only good for the lifetime of the opportunity. It's Peter saying, it's Peter saying, it's John, well, Jesus saying to Peter, you're going to die one day and this opportunity is going to be, be gone. So you might as well live it up. This week I had, I had the honor to preach the funeral of Brittany's aunt passed away death is coming listen 10 out of 10 people die statistically unless Jesus returns at this moment then that just screws that stat all the way up but until he comes 10 out of 10 people die the opportunity of a lifetime it's only good for the lifetime of that opportunity. It's a point a man wants to die and then stand before God and take account for the opportunity that he gave us to be priests and kings that broadcast the message of the gospel to the world. Are you going to get to stepping? Are you going to step out of the boat and learn your, and learn your limitations? And then let go of that shame and that guilt and that weakness. Because Jesus three times is telling you, do you love me? you love me, Brian? Yes. Then go feed my sheep. What about the denial? Quit thinking about that because your thoughts limit you or link you to the power of God. Do you, do you love me? you love me, Kevin? Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then go feed my sheep. And I, I did. But what about that time when I did this, when I did this? Like when when I failed and I, I did. I, if you keep focusing on your on your weaknesses instead of your strength, you'll always stop at your weakness. Dawson, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. Why do you keep asking me? It makes me so sad. I know I screwed up in the past. I know I messed up. And that my mess up limits me. 
I did something in my past that, that God, it, it, it disqualified me from ever doing ministry. And Jesus is saying, go feed my sheep. Take the limitations off what God can do through you. Quit using your past and your weaknesses as an excuse to get out of what God is calling you to do. Get to stepping. You with me? Get the opportunity of a lifetime is only good for the lifetime of the opportunity. So with urgency, we get to stepping. Not in our weaknesses, but in, our, in the strength of our Savior. Because in Him, we're not a runt. We're not weak. Our weakness, in fact, becomes strength in the kingdom of God. You're not a runt. You are a chosen people. A chosen priesthood of kings. So start living like it. And God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here. God, I want to thank you for the opportunity to serve you. That even in the midst of a, of a hard week, your faithfulness still allows me to stand. God, I pray for the hearts of the people in here that we take the limitations off ourselves, that we get out to step, and that even in our weaknesses and our denials, we hear you loud and clear three times. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then go. Stop dwelling. I pray all this in your name. Amen.